From New Orleans, this is Mindset. Psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic interviews the leading lights of America's most fascinating city. Hello and welcome to Mindset. This is Dr. Nick Pajic. If you live in New Orleans, you may have had an experience similar to this. You're walking down Magazine Street by Jefferson Avenue. As you stroll past a home design store called Hazelnut, you see this tall, handsome guy. And just as you go to say hi to him, you stop yourself because you realize you don't actually know him, except from TV. He sell on Mad Men. In this scene, he's looking dapper as always, swishing a glass of Sambuca in his hand with three coffee beans in it. The espresso beans mean health, wealth, and um, happiness. Seems redundant. I mean, if you already have health and wealth. So, are you happy? <laughs> I'm one of those people who thinks the minute you ask that, you're not happy. So, <laughs> no. This is Brian Bat. I always was an entertainer. I always loved to perform, and mm-hmm. and I think it was because I was very shy. Oh, really? You know, yeah. Oh. I was. I, I, it was a compensating thing, I think, really. You know, um, I was an odd little duck. You know, it was just. You know, I was. How in, so? Well, I. You know, I think. I. I, I just. Would, I was into. Not everything that little boys would be into. Like, I mean, I loved fashion. I loved decor. I love, yeah. you know, yeah. and I am gay, but it was like, you know, my mother and my, fa- my father were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do When with did him? you know that you were gay, you think? I think, you know, pretty much right after puberty hit, but I, you know, totally suppressed it because I just, I had no role models. I didn't think it was a possible life. I mean, I, yeah. it, you just, I didn't know any man. I thought I was going to be doomed to this life of, you know, controversy, you know, and I had wonderful girlfriends and, and I loved them, you know, but it was just... Girls that you were dating type yeah, of thing? Yeah, Kind of just because that was the acceptable... Out, out, after college. And wow. it wasn't really until I met my partner, who were still together, yes. Tom, yeah, well, 22 years, that I realized wow. that I could have love in my life. When did you come out? I was 29. What's it like to be gay, dating girls, and even be pressured, you know, physically? Especially to to try when you're having relations. You you think that's what you're supposed to do. It's confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing because it is stimulating. Mm -hmm. It is thrilling. Um, But the dating part, you mean? I loved I loved dating. I mean, I thought yeah. it was fun going out and dancing and you know. But you said going stimulating and no, I'm mean, sexual. Oh yeah, you know. But you know, afterwards, you know, it, it was not. You would still fantasize about yeah. something else. It kills me when I hear people, you know, talk about you know, uh, homosexuality or something like that, like it's a choice. And I just think, first of all, who who would choose it? I mean, who would say, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have sex with people that the, uh, that that it, it's totally unacceptable in religion and society, yeah. and I want to be ostracized. I want to be made fun of. I want to be the butt of everyone's joke. You know, I want to be bashed. I want, you know, I don't want the same rights as everyone. Who would yeah. choose that? Absolutely. And you know, I look back. You know, you look back in history. I mean, there've been gay people since the dawn of time, since cavemen. It exists in every country, yeah. in every nationality. Every race, every religion. Um, so you know, I'd like if you you know if you believe in God and all that stuff. Like if if you know God didn't like homosexuals, he wouldn't have made them. <laughs> well, good, good point. <laughs> right, right, you know. But I don't want to dwell on that. It's just it's kind of like one of those things where I kind of like came to this realization. I can't pretend anymore. My parents did not raise me to be a liar, 
And finally, my brother asked, he said, are you gay? And I said, yes. <laughs> and he said, oh, thank God. I thought Where you were weren't you? getting any. <laughs> and here's my Republican you know, brother, right. who I, I was so afraid to tell. And I thought, you know, we were very different. He's a very moderate Republican, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. he supports you know, everyone should You're have the same rights. talking about Brother Jay? My brother Jay, yeah. 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 He supports you know, um, same-sex marriage. And, and a lot, he just thinks you know, everyone should have the same rights. And then he's just fiscal, I think, conservative. So, um, you know, that was the hardest. And then my mom, and then it was fine after that. I never really had any the horrible problems of being accepted because I think, and I hope, that people mm-hmm. just liked me for who I was. Sure. And I think if some people had an issue with it, they haven't confronted me with it. Um, if they do, but I really think you it's... You mean like old friends who old didn't friends, know? Old friends, yeah. yeah. I think it's their problem. May I ask the first time that you were approached by a man that you... You know, so I was petrified. You were petrified? Petrified. Petrified. What, how come? Uh, just the taboo. Just, I guess there was some you know, residue of, I didn't know, you know, is this a sin? Is it horrible? I was you know, mm-hmm. raised, uh, oh my, you know, yeah. um, not Catholic. But a lot of people, when they're pushing down something inside of them, that, which is very natural, uh, people that come in that are really angry about something but can't express it. Mm, Here, you you're not allowed to express something that's vital to who you are. Yeah. What was it like to not be able to do that and did you ever get depressed or were you ever anxious in your younger years? I think I was maybe anxious. I I did have so many outlets with theater and I had so much energy. I was in a band. I was oh, constantly really? going. I was doing, always doing something or organizing something and I kind of still am. Yeah. My partner Dom thinks, you know, sometimes he's like, get out of the hamster wheel and just relax for a second. He's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so great about being where he is and relaxing. Cause he's Do you no think that you would ever use that as a distraction by just doing so oh, yeah. much? Oh, definitely. I, I watched my mom do that really? in her life after my father passed, kept herself so busy that yeah, I think a way she, to kind of a way not to deal with you know something that might be painful. Or, and everyone kind of in their own career kind of has, feels the sense that they turned a corner, right? What mm-hmm. was that corner for you? I, I made the mistake after my first Broadway show Thinking that okay, now I'm on. I've been in a Broadway show. Yeah, it's going to continue. You know, the minute that show closes, you're out on the pavement again, pounding the pavement, trying to get your next job. I see. And my next job, thank God, was and playing Che and Evita in Akron, Ohio, at the Carousel Dinner Theater, and that's where I met Tom. Wow. Yeah. So you guys met in Ohio. In Ohio, the rubber capital of <laughs> the world. Well, so you were really working hard at your career, meeting Tom. Very, yeah. When the, was, so for you then, was it making it just being, um, getting a chance at Broadway and succeeding at that? Or was it, did it come later on? About uh, the relationship? or No, uh, professionally. No, I was right when I had, unfortunately, my dear friend and mentor and high school drama teacher died this year. Oh. Karen Greenberg, Kitty Greenberg. Mm-hmm. And she was at Newman when I was there. And mm-hmm. um, she must have seen me when I was a little kid in some shows because I did, you know, show plays at Newman when I was a kid. And I stopped because I didn't want to be uncool or mm-hmm. people might think he's gay, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, and I didn't. And she cornered me in the hall in high school, I think sophomore, sophomore junior year, beginning of junior year, cornered, cornered me. And basically said, when are you, you going to audition for my play? Wow. You know you want to. Yeah. You know you'd be good. So when it, and I'm like, yeah. okay, okay, okay. It's like she found all my letters and read them all out loud. You wow. know, it was like she just knew. So she, was, she changed your life, it sounds yeah. like. 
Totally. And um, did you communicate with her like what during your oh, career? Oh yes, we kept in touch. And I, any interview or it's in the book and all this stuff, I credit her and thank her. And did she get to see you perform? Oh in yes, your, yeah. yes. And in fact, when I had my first big scene on Mad Men, uh, she called. She was the first call that I got on my oh, cell wow. phone, and she's like. Hey, buddy, you knocked it out of the park. That was great. What Hot was it damn. like to, to do TV? You have to be so prepared mm-hmm. and so in the character. Um, and luckily, this guy, I don't know, I just clicked with this character early on. Mm-hmm. I just could, you know, I think, you know, having pretended and trying to fit in. and um, Because also, he's physically completely different there. I'm very, I'm very... But accessible, you, and there's no, I don't, I don't think there's any... You're not guarded hiding. or anything. Yeah, I'm yeah. not guarded. Yeah. Whatsoever, um, but you have practically no rehearsal. Literally, you show up on set when you're called. Wow. You go to the makeup trailer. They start to make them. They call you in to block the scene, um, which is it's mainly so they see what angle they're going to shoot it from. Yeah. And then you go back and get dressed, and then they light it with your stand-ins there, and then they start shooting. And also that you know they're very stick. They're big sticklers on the show about about being word perfect. You cannot change. A word. Wow. Nothing. Not an if, and, or but. Yeah. And um, and I learned. I would always learn my scenes, and sometimes they change them, you know, right before. But I would learn them just, you know, just for the words, with no, you know, have intent that I would. I think how it should it's be played. It's incredibly difficult to process all that in your mind while you're trying to act and be someone yeah. that you're not that you're so different from. Yeah, because it's also so close. There, it, everything is picked up, no matter yeah. what you do. Uh, the slightest movement of uh, a muscle on your face can be interpreted as something. as something. So you have to be very careful and very judicious about yeah. any kind of movement, expression, and and very you have to slow everything down for the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because or else just, you'll be overacting or something overacting like that. or too quick, and the camera won't pick it up. It's very interesting, um, and it's very technical. It's all about hitting your mark, which changes. I mean, right before they shoot, there's little pieces of tape with everybody's like everyone has a color yeah. of yeah. where you go and where you hit the mark, so the camera can pick you up and be in focus. So part of it's just concentrating on that. Which in, so if technical. you're on stage on Broadway, you, you know, it's you're fluid. Going. It's yeah. yeah, and you have this wonderful thing called rehearsal. So yeah. you have <laughs> right. like a good month or a month and a half of rehearsal. You have previews to wow. work things out, and then then you open. And it, it, the, the tough thing about doing a long run on Broadway is, is maintaining your performance. They Where do you live. get your inspiration from to keep fresh while I'm doing things like Broadway or even Mad Men? To, if... You know, I love it so much. I love what I do, and it's something I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've only gotten bored or tired or, you know, in, in a very long run. I was in Cats for like a year and a half on Broadway almost. And that's a long time to be yeah. in a show. Yeah. Especially dressed up as a big pussy. It's, it, was really, <laughs> it was just, you know, it kind of like it come out of the stage door and they go, were you in the show? And finally we were just like, no, no, I'm, I'm backstage. Um, you know, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. I, I got to play Jeffrey because of that and then the movie um, because of Cats. Um, but that's another story. But, you know, that, that did take a toll physically and, and um, just, you know, it's cats. Tell me about your father. My dad died right after I graduated from college. What was your relationship like with your dad? Because he, you weren't out by the, no, that time, right? No, he didn't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He, he, my father and I were, I loved my father very much. Mm-hmm. He was a very good man. He was mm-hmm. troubled. 
he drank. He drank, yeah. He was never abusive. It wasn't that kind of, it was sad because he really just, his, he, he had a congenital heart problem and, hmm. and just the alcohol just fed it. it yeah. Really, I mean, and um, it wasn't until later in his life, like in the last five years, where he really went, oh, with my mother. They had this resurgence of their relationship. It was just beautiful. Really? Yeah. What, what do you think? Um, I don't prompted know. that I don't know she just stood by his side you know yeah. through you know all his mistakes and but he was a very generous very giving uh, kind man he was he reminds me of my brother very much they, they were very similar in type um what you know, type is that do you think I think my, uh, my brother also deep down inside has you know a very generous and very giving heart and mm -hmm. very teddy bear inside and there's this big old Guy yeah. up front, and that's how my father was. When I was very young, it scared me, because I was very sensitive, you know, very, you know. You know yeah, he was like uh, ominous or right. Uh, or it was very imposing, imposing, yeah, very loud, deep, resonating, almost like operatic voice, hmm. you know, and you know, big. He was a big man, and mm -hmm. and he, you know, it, it would. I think my he my brother and he clicked just naturally. They liked sports. They liked, you know, more similar. Yeah, they were very similar. And my mother and I liked the arts. It was very interesting genetically. I think it's something I say in my first book that you, it's it's a chemical, in my opinion, who you click with and who you don't. It doesn't mean you love them any less, but your your heart can't help who it loves. Tell me how did how did your life change after the success of Mad Men? I don't try to take anything for granted anymore. I never believed in letting anything go to your head either because you know when the end of the day is you 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 wake up and look in the mirror and it's just you there. you know it's sure it's, you're the same and i believe if you change if you let your self change or you buy into everyone's what everyone Fantasy, else believes, yeah, yeah. It, then then it's just have you seen that happen to people oh god yes really? i've seen it yes oh they they buy their own press you know and it's yeah and they think they're, they're whatever doesn't stink mm -hmm. um but mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I just, I couldn't. That's not how I, who I am. Um, but I, like when, when I bumped in, like literally I bumped into Meryl Streep at the SAG Awards. I was actually, someone bumped into me where everyone's hustling back to their yeah. seats yeah. at the commercial break. And I literally got bumped face to face like this with Meryl <laughs> Streep. And she goes, I love you on Mad Men. My husband and, I, husband and I watch it every Sunday. And I'm like, Meryl freaking Streep yeah. knows who I am. I can die now. It's quite you know, a compliment. It was quite amazing. Especially coming from her. You know? Her. And like, yeah. you know, like Tony Kushner at this other party, you know, was like, you're Tony Kushner. You wrote Angels in America. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of recognition is, is what matters to me. And, and, you know, it doesn't mean, by that will that get me 250 to get on the subway? No. It's nice. It's, you know, after years and years and years of work. Of work. And hard work. And, you know, putting your dues in on Broadway. And, you know, it could all end tomorrow. You know, Do you get offered? I mean, I assume that once you, um, oh, no, um, no, I'm just once you have a higher, I guess, profile and more noticeable, or whatever, no. you don't get more offers for no. different shows. No, there's some things, but no, not 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 what you'd think. And um, how come? What what happened? Tell me about that know. dynamic. I think also, I I I I, I don't know. I don't, I want to say it's you know, um, people think I'm a specific. You kind of get typecast. Typecast. I mean, I had my agent was saying, you know, I said, get me some generals. I want to go meet these casting directors. I'm not 
you know, I'm not an LA actor and I'm not, I've not met all these casting directors. And he said, well, they, they all know who you are now. They've seen you on Mad Men and blah, blah, you, blah. You've you too good these, of a job. Yeah, you've won awards and all that stuff and they know who you are. I'm like, no, they don't. You mentioned the hard work to get to where you were and, and everything you did. What drove you all those years and what was it like for you to, to kind of uh, work that hard and get mm. you through it? It's kind of like this hunger or mm-hmm. this... And I can't explain it because it's not, it's not as tangible as... I think it's what, what drives anyone uh, to, to achieve some success. I just happen to love this. I mean, it's not, it's not the attention. You know, it really isn't. Um, you know, it's, it's, I love the craft. I love the rehearsal. I love the camaraderie. I love the feeling of being in a room and telling a story yeah. uh, to a bunch of people. Um, I love that, that connection. If people are listening to this interview uh-huh. and they're not happy with their jobs or something, what advice would you give to them to help them um, kind of get on the right path, so well, to speak? I think no matter what in your life, whatever you're doing, you have to find an outlet for joy. You have to be able to accept it and, and give it and, and happiness. You have to have that outlet. So whether you're doing community theater, you're, uh, you know, whatever you do and you do community theater at yeah. night, that outlet, or sing in the church choir, if that is what you want to do, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, 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 you're it, that's how you make your living. Right. It's, you have to have the outlet some level, to do that. You have to follow some of your passions. Do you, um, what do you, what would you say to people that are fearful of following their, even their passions? Well, fear is just crippling. It, there's nothing, there's, you know, and, and everyone is different in how they were raised. And, but one thing I've learned is being an actor, you have to fall down. You have to make mistakes. That's yeah. the only way you learn. It's the only way you learn in life what yeah. works and what doesn't. Yeah. If you learn from your mistakes. That's the whole thing. You keep on making them and you don't learn from them. But, you know, oh, that didn't work. Maybe let's try this. You know, oh, this is, this is better. This is getting closer. And I think, um, you know, nothing was ever gained uh, out of fear. Well, I guess, you know, there are a few on, you know, teen pregnancies that didn't happen out of fear. Right. But um, there are other ways to prevent that. Uh, but, you know, in, in adult life, you know, fear is, is not, I, I don't think Do it's a have positive fears? motive. Oh, well, everyone has fears. Well, absolutely. I mean, me too. What, what do you do with your fear? And I know... Uh, I have a martini. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, my fears are basic. You know, it's like, uh, I, I, I do fear being alone. And I don't think I will be. But I look at some I look at some elderly people that don't have people with them or family or really yeah even it, though you Tom you and Tom have been together but I don't, I don't mean like that like if any God forbid anything happened to him oh, we keep on saying right. he's like I'm going first like oh no you're not <laughs> I'm running to the bridge boy <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's that that uh, I do not like really I don't like being alone how did your father's drinking um, affect you a lot of people don't know that. When you have a parent who drinks, how it affects the family oh, system. Oh, well, we learned that when we did the intervention years ago um, on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the different characteristics of the children of an alcoholic. There's usually the overachiever. Then there's the clown. You're more um, of the clown? You, oh, yeah. And then later on, when that you did your own therapy as an adult, to kind of, I guess, working through different issues and whatnot, um, anything in particular that, that you felt that you worked through? 
that you'd care to share? Mm. Well, you know, I thought, well, there's a couple of things, but one um, was really just accepting, you know, who I was Mm -hmm. and not trying to always please everybody. Yeah. You know, or trying to get the so getting acceptance and realizing that you know what, some people aren't going to like you. Some people aren't going to get you. Some people, it's not. It's just, it's just natural. And no, no, that's it's okay. It's human nature, and it's yeah. this desire to please and be liked and be, you know. And I thought finally I had to let that go. You Do know? you think that's related to your relationship with your dad when you were a kid because he was gone a lot and you were trying to, you know, you said that you wanted attention I think it's in a way. So I don't know. I, I think it is. It could be. I think it also has part of the actor thing in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember a, a friend. I some casting director just would not see me, mm-hmm. would not give me an audition for anything. And I remember another actress. I was saying this in the dressing room, and she said, "She goes, well, Brian, not everyone's going to love you. I'm a firm believer that life is an and proposition, not an or proposition. I that like that. You don't. You know, we are constantly. People are constantly." Trying to put us in categories. Yeah. You know, I don't know whether it's human nature. Is it? Is it an American thing? I I don't know. I, I recently, you know, this is what you are. You are, you know, you're a gay male actor. Whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever. I'm so sick of that. Oh, he's an out actor. Like, please, just I'm an actor. Yeah. Um, but you're also a writer. A writer and you're, a designer. And desi- art. Yeah. yeah, there's all these other things. So I believe that if there's something in you that you want to try, that's something that inspires you, something that you know really floats you, but you've got to try it. My guest today has been actor, writer, and designer Brian Batt. Brian is best known worldwide for playing Sal Romano on the TV show Mad Men and here in New Orleans for his interior design store, Hazelnut. I'm Dr. Nick Pajic. Thanks for joining me on this edition of Mindset. Mindset is produced by Grant Morris, Trish Kaufman, and Graham DePonte. Technical direction by Eric Morrill. Mindset music is composed and performed by Alexis Marceau and Sam Kraft. Mindset is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.